Welcome back, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Fave Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined here once again by the rest of the K-Fave crew. Introducing first, he is the king of the K-Fave kickflip, Mr. Wex Breaking the Lawson. Wex, how are we living today, bud? We are living fantastic on this Thursday. Still hot as hell outside here in Nashville, Tennessee, but I'm looking forward to today's subject, and this is going to be a pretty fun episode. Yeah, looking forward to it. I am pumped as well. List episodes are always fun to me. Uh, and also hanging in there with us, we have the patron saint of the Rock Lock, Mr. Jesse Baker. Jesse, what's going on, dude? Oh, just chilling, except not chilling. As Wexley said, it is hot as hot can be in Nashville, Tennessee at the moment. It's about to get a lot hotter here yeah. in a couple of weeks alongside, you know, Flair's last match, StarCast, SummerSlam, all this other shit. kind of gearing up to be the epicenter. And uh, yeah, man, I can't wait for today's episode. I am pumped. It's going to be a good one. We are talking about our top 10 favorite all-time championship belts. Uh, it's going to be really fun. I uh, love talking title belts. I feel like it's a it's a subject that every pro wrestling mark um, has an opinion on. And we would love to hear yours. Um, be sure to comment on our socials. I'm sure that we're going to have uh, tons of these clips on TikTok as well. Um, I'm very excited about that, but before we get into the meat and potatoes, if you will, of today's show, um, we have to get to our, uh, now our like most famous section of the show and it's, uh, Wexley spills the tea. I feel like this is one of those like pineapple teas or like a, like fruit tea. Like you guys remember? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, actually, have you heard of the Alley Cat tea? You might see at your local grocery store. Mm, okay. It's yeah. fucking expensive, but dank as hell. And I think that's what we're pouring up on now. It's a nice fruit tea. I recommend it if you want to spend a lot of money. Go get some, but it's it's, it's fucking good. Nice, nice. I'm into it. I'm into it. What's on? What's the first thing on the ballot? Start sipping up, pouring up on that WWE stuff. And I don't know if you guys saw this. It's a possible SummerSlam spoiler by Mattel. Uh oh. I did. They just previewed this new Brock Lesnar figure that includes both of the belts. Hmm. The red and the blue, the SmackDown and the Raw, the Universal Undisputed, whatever the fuck they call it now. It's the new toy coming out featuring both belts. So I feel like unless he doesn't win it here and wins it later down the line, but still it doesn't make much sense. Do you think do you think that's a spoiler? You think that was a short sighted by Mattel there? No, I mean See, I feel like the super fans are going to debate that, but I feel like it makes sense even if it's not – like even if it's just they made his – I mean it makes sense. Has well, he, held he has held the universal title and the WWE title, yeah. so. Yeah, I mean I feel like that just makes sense, but I mean if if they do put the title on Brock, I don't think that's a bad idea. You know, I mean like Roman's had it for a long time, and I feel like if he does the job to anybody, being Brock makes the most sense. I'd much rather see somebody like Rollins take it off of him. Or, you know, a healthy Cody Rhodes, obviously. Um, but that's probably not going to happen right away. They're just not going to do Rollins and Reigns again, especially when they're both heels. Uh, but I would like to see it. However, yeah, if it's on Brock, I mean, whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. I mean, if it is a spoiler, cool. If it's not, either way, it's a toy, you know. I think that a lot of times they get that programming so early, uh, the toy companies do, in order for them to manufacture them and all that fun stuff, that it would be hard for me to believe that it's a spoiler about SummerSlam because I feel like Brock was a late-in-the-game call yeah. based on everybody else's availability in the first place. Right. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll see I'll see where you're going. I'm catching what you're pitching over here. So uh, 
<laughs> one show that we don't really watch WWE related is NXT 2.0. It's kind of been that garbage, and it's been around, but they are in some serious hot water and in, uh, you know accusations of some gimmick infringement here because the new star that's debuted this week, Axiom, is a kid who used to be on NXT UK is donning this whole new mask, this new gimmick called Axiom, which is literally a fucking complete ripoff of this indie wrestler named Razor Wing. That's been oh, yeah, I years, saw that. And it is a, even the pose down to the T, it's a 100% ripoff. No, I saw that. I saw that online. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's tough. I mean, because to me, it's like there's too many things that are coincidental. It's not like you can't say, oh, I didn't know who that was. Um, yeah, it's kind of rough. Um I don't know if I mean as an independent wrestler, I highly doubt that he's got that gimmick trademarked, which sucks for him. Um, well, he has Razor Wing, I think, trademarked, but not Axiom. Well, either way, I'm saying like the the look, the the, the mask, look, yeah, like the design. But that's so obvious. Like I don't think he, WWE I mean, yeah. going to be. I mean, they will be that big of assholes because they are, and they will of just course, say fuck you. Of course, you. they will. Yeah, they're not. There's no. There's going to be nothing that comes of this other than some heat from some people that WWE could care less about. Yeah, and it's uh, kind of funny, actually. Apparently, Deanna Perrazzo was an originally pitched this gimmick before A-Kid, which that's insane. Like, I can't even – I don't even see how that would even work for her because that's not her. That's not her. Yeah, so weird. She doesn't even work that style either. I, no, that's weird. not at all. That's weird. Well, that, that's, you know, that's WWE creative there for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rocking on all one That's cylinder. supposed to be Sean, though, these days, man. That That surprises me. It really well, I does. don't think he's in charge of creative. He's just like the, you know, like the gorilla guy. Like, oh, that's right. 2.0 has writers now. They have like yeah. regular writers the same way Raw and SmackDown do. But Sean is just kind of doing the. Uh, I think he's more in charge voice. of like the talent relations ish side of things yeah. and, you know, programming and like head agenting and stuff along those lines. He's like he's like Jim Ross back in the day or Christopher Daniels for AEW, something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. He's in there. But uh, speaking of WWE, we were teased last week. We're going to get a big reveal. Ric Flair is coming after one of WWE Raw's own. And I'm like, who's it going to be? We're going to get someone cool. But then it was announced for Ric Flair's last match. He's teaming up with Andrade to take on Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, which I get the story, but don't fake hype us like that like someone Ooh. from wwe raw you mean someone who got hired backstage within like the past couple months like dude Ooh. i mean i like jeff jarrett i get where they're going but that was very underwhelming very disappointing announcement boo it's bad. i think it would have been less underwhelming without the tease though you know exactly like, no tease we would have been fine with the tag match because we were already kind of thinking that but the that tease well, they've already announced that same match in Puerto Rico. Remember a couple weeks ago when I was like, "Hey, this isn't even his actual last match. Like he's doing this. He's doing another match, and like that's the match in Puerto Rico." So we should we should have just, I mean, remember that it's gonna be. I think he's gonna turn it into like this last match tour thing. Like mark my words, it'll be Flair in Nashville, Flair in Puerto Rico, Flair. Oh, he's in, just like go all go all uh, over the in, world, in London, do it everywhere. Flair, Flair in Japan, Flair. Uh, I swear to God, that's what he's gonna turn it into. Hey, he's the original world, true traveling world's champion. I'll say that. I mean, it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to watch the show just because I think the card actually looks pretty good. And I'm I'm like interested to see what they do creatively to make it more story ish based, um, especially with like the JCP kind of vibe to it. I'm, it it's interesting to me. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm very underwhelmed with the main event. Jesse, what do you think? 
I thought they did a really good job with the video build and just the way that that whole thing came about and the attack on Flair at the press scrum and all that fun stuff. I mean, like, I thought those have come together really well. And the interviews that they scored, you know, you got HBK in there, you got Crockett in there, you got a lot of people in there that are attesting to Rick's, you know, ability to perform for his last match prior to the announcement. And, of course, next episode is a signing. We all know how those go. Yeah, and uh, you know, Idolo is going to be present for that, which should be the first time he's actually on site for something to do with any of this, and that'll probably amp it up a little. I really, really, honest to God, wish that it was either Flair versus Lethal or Flair versus Jarrett, and it was a singles. Even though I know Flair pa- probably can't carry a singles at this moment, but has a hurt foot right now, so that's one thing to add. There's just something about it that makes me wish that it was, you know, not not a tag. But I mean, all four guys great talent i think it's suiting that jeff jarrett's in the match so you know we'll see i think that i mean jared and flair have a similar style jared is not any in the same conversation as rick flair but no um they do have a similar style um yeah what else we got on the docket there wexley i mean kind of uh just dig a little bit more into that like that whole weekend we got coming up with SummerSlam mm-hmm. and rick flair's last yeah. match even though the main event kind of lackluster because what we thought it was going to be built to. But like the whole car, just like Jesse said itself, is pretty fucking awesome. You kind of you literally have people from every major promotion across the country and indie promotions because they just announced this bunkhouse battle royale, like a little Dusty Rhodes tribute type deal. And it's literally got people from like progress to fucking black label pro to like random of fsw like so many random indie promotions like crowbar old school he's in that he's gonna be in it we got some fucking heavy hitters and they keep announcing them so right now in real time i'm gonna pull up uh see if we got any more announcements for the bunkhouse stampede unless anybody or the bunkhouse battle royale unless somebody else has pulled up before i do but i mean i don't have that pulled up but i but I don't know if anybody really knows this, but I mean, we're not really watching WWE regularly. And so I did pull up the card for SummerSlam, and it really doesn't look bad. Um, I mean, they got Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar on top, as we knew. Pat McAfee versus Happy Corbin, which I feel like could be really good. Um, hey, that's long-term storytelling. They were both members of the Indianapolis Colts at the same time. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of crazy. That's That's really wild, actually. Um, I mean, I think Lashley versus Theory could potentially be good, but I also, I just, I hate Bobby Lashley as a baby face. It's impossible to have sympathy for a dude that looks that like that. I mean, he's literally a black he man. Like he is a straight up action figure and it's so hard for people to feel sorry for him. I think he's a fantastic heel and I think he's a really good bell to bell. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't understand the baby face part of it, but then again, I don't think theory is at this point in his career. He has to be a heel because he's, he just has to be a heel. Uh, but I do think he's eventually going to be an amazing baby face. He's a good-looking kid, and he's young, and he can go. I mean, yeah. he, you know, he's got the whole package. There's no way to bring him in as a baby right now and have it go over in any way whatsoever. No, I agree. I agree for sure. Um, we have the Usos versus the Street Profits, which I think is going to be awesome. Like it's, it's with due, Jeff Jarrett as the special guest referee. Yeah, yeah, and it's like it's for the undisputed tag team titles, uh, which I think is I, I'm I'm really grateful that they're getting rid of a lot of these belts and like turning yeah. them back into one thing. Um, I'm anxious to see if they change the designs. Um, the we'll designs see. are such shit. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I mean, I, I'd be ready for a more throwback thing. And hopefully if Cody Rhodes, if Cody Rhodes has the influence in like the office that people are saying that he does, hopefully he is bringing some of these good ideas with him. Um, but hopefully he does change the designs. Liv Morgan, Ronda Rousey's on the card. I think that's going to be a pretty decent match. Uh, mm, I think that's hit or miss, to be honest. 
Yeah, that's what I mean. It's either going to be pretty decent or it's going to be pretty bad. I don't think it'll be mediocre. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to be one of the yeah, two. Yeah, it's either going to be either or. I get yeah. you. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying there. Uh, we got Riddle versus Rollins, which that's going to be sick. That's, yeah, that's potential to be really fucking good. That'll be match of the night. That'll yeah, be match of the night really. for sure. Uh, and Bianca they got Belair. real life heat to add to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch, which I feel like is kind of meh. Like, I feel like we've, I'm just, seen it, we've already seen, seen it, it a bunch yeah. of different times. Uh, and then Logan Paul versus The Miz could be good. It could be a good actual bell to bell match. I mean, I know everybody hates Logan Paul, as everyone should. And The Miz is The Miz. And I do feel like I feel like WWE is booking Logan Paul like he's a babyface. Like people like him, even though he has all these followers. But I really don't mm-hmm. think they understand that everybody on Earth hates Logan Paul. Like, right. So everyone it's like, hates the Paul brothers. Like, just turn Miz babyface. Like we're, it's, on, it's been a long time since Miz has been babyface. We need a, ba- a babyface Miz run. I think it would help his career at this point. Um, and I think that like, who doesn't like Miz at this point? Like that dude has more than earned his stripes. You know what I mean? Like if you oh, yeah. still Miz, act like the Miz is not good, you're not, you're not paying attention, dude. Like you're just, you're yeah. not, you don't, he's not really one of my know. favorites, but I definitely respect him. Exactly. Exactly. And that's fair. I'm not saying that you got to tell, say he's one of the greatest of all time. I'm just saying like, he is very good at what he does. He deserves his flowers at this point in his career. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, that's so another thing, you know, next week, what show we're covering is a uh, ring of honor death before dishonor. We got a lot of hype this week for that on AEW dynamite. And I think the cards actually looking pretty good. And it was just announced that the Briscoes have signed an exclusive contract with ROH, which that's great. Do you, to do you hear. have that whole card in front of you? I don't have the entire card in front of me, but I can go ahead and name off what I know off the top of my head. Okay. We got the Briscoes versus FTR for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. Love and that. FTR, especially Dax Harwood, cut the babyface promo of the decade on Dynamite. If you, I don't know if you saw that. I haven't seen it yet. It's on my DVR. I plan on watching it tonight. And I'm saying, God damn it. It, may, it got me fucking hyped for this match. And their last match was fantastic. You know, that's going to be a banger. What do you guys think about that one? Who do you think is going to take that? Ooh. I mean, that's hard call, man. Yeah, it's very hard. Yeah, that's tough, dude. I mean, it's 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 going to be interesting to say the least. To say the least. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Uh, we de- we got we got Samoa Joe going up against uh, Jay Lethal for the World uh, Television Championship. Yeah. So we got that match. Uh, we got Jonathan Gresham taking on Claudio Castanole for the ROH World Championship. And I think I think Claudio's winning that. I think Claudio's winning it too. Right. Gresham's had a long run during a very weird era, but I think I think this is kind of it for him. I think this I, is Claudio taking yeah. the belt that he never got. I think that uh, Blackpool Combat Club becomes a Ring of Honor faction. Period. Um, I think that they're they're going to need the star power, and when Daniel Bryan comes back, that'll be a big pop for Ring of Honor. Uh, it'll work. It makes sense. I think Dean Ambrose leaves and just stays solo in AEW. Which honestly, he doesn't fit. I mean, I know that that like William likes him and everything, but like he just doesn't fit. Like the rest of the guys are wrestlers, and Moxley's a brawler. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't work, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would love to see you know Blackpool Combat Club just take over Ring of Honor. I think that'd be dope. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've got so I've got the cards in front of me for Death Before Dishonor and uh, Ric Flair's last match, both actually at this moment. Pretty much, we covered everything on Death Before Dishonor. Uh, Mercedes we do Martinez. have that pure that pure championship title defense though Wheeler Yuta yeah, versus yeah. Daniel Garcia, which it's, is going to be great. It's Yuta though. I mean, Yuta retains. Yeah, Yuta's winning, but you yeah. know those dude, those both of those motherfuckers are going to put on a show. Yeah, for sure. I love the pure yeah. rules too. It's going to be great. Yeah, me too. And we fan. also got a six man tag match on there, Jesse too. Yeah. Yeah, that's the ROH. So they they are keeping the ROH six man titles alive. 
Oh, wow. The Righteous versus Dalton Castle and the Boys. Which okay. I thought the Boys went to NXT. I didn't realize they got released. I guess they did. But they got signed at some point. So I don't know when they got let go. But oh, shit. So, like, that's the, it's the original Boys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit! Oh damn! I didn't know. I thought. Yeah, I didn't know they yeah, left NXT the t- either. The Tate twins. Yeah. Well, fuck yeah! That's that should be a good one too. Yeah, it's gonna, I mean this show. Uh, Willow Nightingale. Banger. I'm a big fan of versus Allison K. So that'll be a lot okay, of fun. Okay, yeah. That's the pre-show match, right? Yeah. Yeah. That'd and then Mercedes one. Martinez versus uh, Serena Deeb. I think that pretty much wraps it up, right? Yeah. Well, for now. No, you know, oh, I, actually, Tully Blanchard's uh, guys, the Gates of Agony, don't they have a match? It's not listed on the one in front of me, but I thought they I, did. I, but uh, I would imagine they will. Even maybe we get some Brian Cage on the show too. Maybe he'll interfere with Jonathan Gresham and Claudio. You never know. Yeah, who's in Tully? Who all is in Tully's faction now? It's Brian Cage and who else? The Gates of Agony and Jonathan Gresham. Yeah. Oh, Gresham. That's right. I knew he was in there. Gotcha. But Tully might Tully might Tully in the main event. We might get some Regal too. You never know. It's true. It's very true. It's very true. It should be a good Tully show. Regal I mean, fucking go at it, bro. So what? So what's the uh, the overhaul on the Ric Flair show on the JCP show? I should say. So we got the Buckhouse Battle Royal uh, right now. So far announced are Crimson Crowbar, Boo. James Storm, Boo. Commander, who is uh, I don't know if you guys saw any of the GCW shows from this last weekend, but pulled this fucking crazy rope walk avalanche hurricane rana to oh, the Oh, that was him, triple a, the Triple A dude, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, that was fucking sick. That should, fucking he should be crazy. sick. Uh, Sin Bodhi, otherwise known as Kizarni, is going to be a part oh, of Oh, Kizarni. Classic. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Shane Page of GCW is going to be a okay. part of it. Classic. And uh, Bully Ray. Ooh. That must have been just announced. That's everybody that was announced? not announced five minutes ago when I checked. That's a that's a big one. Um, and then, of course, more more to be announced there. Then we got the Von Erichs, Marshall and Ross versus, versus the Briscoe Bros. Nice. Jane Mark. Uh, the Wolves, okay. American Wolves versus Motor City Machine Guns. Ooh, classic TNA matchup. We have uh, Ricky and Kerry Morton with Robert Gibson versus Brian Pillman Jr. and Brock Anderson with Arn Anderson. Oh, so, like the that. Four Horsemen versus like the that. Rock That's and Roll good. Express. That's, cool. That's sick. A little legacy situation going on there. Uh, Ray Phoenix versus Laredo Kid versus Black Taurus versus Bandito in a four corner <laughs> match. That that might be match of the night. Sorry, that's that sounds. I mean, that sounds awesome. like. I mean, yeah, honestly, because to be totally honest with you, like outside of nostalgia, like let's be honest, man, the Brock Anderson like Ryan Pillman Jr. match, like bell to bell match, is not going to be a banger. I don't think. No, no, um, it's going to be a fun match. It'll be fun. But it's, yeah, it's all nostalgic. Psychologically speaking, it'll be good. Yeah, 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 yeah. probably it'll, it'll it'll be yeah it'll be a passable match. I just don't I don't think it's going to be like match of the night. And then we got um, in another Four Corners match, we have Alan Angels, formerly of the Dark Order, Mr. Number Five. No, he, he's still in the Dark Order, by the way. I, either way, whatever. No, new, they, they they tagged in New Japan still as the Dark Order, so that he – I like Fair that. Enough. Dark Order lives. No one cares. Nick Wayne. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, I mean, come on. Let's be real. Oh, the Dark Order, yeah. It's laughable at this point for sure. Uh, Nick Wayne. Kanosuke Takeshita, who has been very impressive on not Shit. only AEW, but in GCW and Jersey City Wrestling and every fucking appearance we've seen him in. And Jonathan Gresham. That's another Four Corners match right there. That's probably going to be fucking awesome. That could, yeah. Fuck. Uh, Clark Connors versus Ren Narita. Jordan Grace versus Deanna Perrazzo versus Rachel Ellering in a triple threat match for the Impact Knockouts Championship. 
Killer Cross with Scarlett Bordeaux versus Davy Boy Smith Jr. That's going to be probably a very hard. Yeah, probably not that good. Yeah, I don't know. I, He's I seen can... better days, man. He's just seen better days. He's just not. He doesn't look like himself anymore. Yeah. Josh Alexander versus Jacob Fatu for the Impact Wrestling World Championship, mm-hmm. and then of good. course. Jay Lethal and J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T with Karen Jarrett versus Andrade El Idolo and Ric Flair. So that is the rundown of the card for Ric Flair's last match, January 31st at the legendary Municipal Auditorium, Nashville, Tennessee. So does Ric Flair die is the question. No. And then I'll say for nostalgia factor and just for the – like, to be honest with you, so far, the Battle Royal entrance, that sounds like dog water. Like, that sounds like this is straight up, like, popcorn match. That's fine. Crimson? That's fine. <laughs> yeah, Crimson and Bully Ray in a, in a, in a Battle Royale. It's, uh, that's, that, that'll put ass So, I mean, seats, TNA you know? and like, the Dying Days. Yeah, it's the not, dying days no, no one is coming to see Crimson wrestle. Like, no one, period, is coming to see Crimson. No one gives shit about Crimson, except for maybe two or three of his friends in Clarksville or whatever. But, like, you know, I do think the Bully Ray thing is a great addition. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not, but I'm saying like he can't be the main. You know what I mean? Like, surely. The, I mean, I don't know. He he's not the draw of the battle royal, is what I'm saying. And if he yeah. is, then it's like meh. Hopefully, uh, MAGA. I'm not shitting on the card. The card first. is fine. The card is fine. It's it doesn't, but it doesn't. I mean, it's a novelty. You're gonna turn into. You're gonna tune into the train wreck to see what happens. Like, I no, will be I there live to see what happens. By the way, I I'm ge- I am genuinely jealous. And if if like oh, yeah. I was gonna be in Nashville in town, I would 1,000 percent be at that over SummerSlam. A thousand percent. They just announced uh, Brian Myers for the Battle Royal. All right. And uh, Big Demo. Okay. Formerly known as Killian Dane. Yes, from Insanity. Where's Eric Young in this whole bit? He's got to pop up on this show, right? Probably Maybe. will wind up being in that Battle Royal. He's a Nashville guy. He'll be here. Yeah, he'll be there. They'll put him, they'll put him on for sure. Why would I also be? have a ticket to the after party, which is the night before this, so... Hopefully I can get some uh, exclusive shit from some wrestlers oh, or some other people. After party, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, Starcast after party. Yeah, of course. That's cool. That'll be fun. I got the little package deal, the uh, super something weekend with Ric Flair's last match and the after party. I'm trying to. I might buy some tickets to New Japan and Black Label Pro also because I got paid today, and you know, wrestling. I'll be at Southern Underground Pro at the East Side Bowl on Friday night, so I'll have to miss BLP, but the Southern Underground Pro card is going to be fucking badass, too. Awesome. I might go to Southern Underground Pro because I was only going to go to BLP for Takeshka, but he's going to be on the Ric Flair's card, so. There you go. There you, there you fucking go. I uh, I feel like if this goes really well, too, that uh, that whole conversation about Conrad potentially starting a promotion is definitely going to happen. At he least just did. It's called it's called JCP. He just revived it. Yeah, I think. he, But I think he owns like the forever rights to it. Now, that's what I'm saying. I think this is the revival of the promotion. Yeah, I think it is, too. And I, I, I don't I don't I don't think he goes crazy with it. But I think that he does every star cast, which so might maybe like four events a year at most. I'd say I'd say probably about two events a year. Uh, every time they have a star cast, he'll have a show that weekend with it. Yeah. It just makes the most and sense. I would like, love that. And everybody yeah, and contributes and that's, and that's like plenty. they're doing now. It's a fun time. And that's, pl- yeah. And that's plenty. Like, that's, you know, he's got enough going on certainly, but, um, so does yeah. wrestling for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Do we have anything else in the news or have we just like kind of run, run, <laughs> Shit, everything? not really. I'm just, uh, only really funny thing in the news that Tony two dimes, uh, who went sleeping with the fishes on NXT popped up on shark week last uh, night as Cole Carter on 
AEW and had a pretty good match against Ricky Stark. So, and I think he earned himself a contract after that did match. Did he actually get released? I didn't even know. Did he even make the news that he got released? Yeah, he failed some type of wellness policy shit, like some substance in his shit. They, they never announced what it was, but it wasn't bad enough for AEW to not fuck with him. And he, he popped up. I think it's funny though. It's Shark probably like, week. It's probably like psilocybin or something. I, I like, I like to keep the story continuing. He probably ate some funky mushrooms or whatever. I feel like that's about the only thing yeah. <laughs> that would be on that list where Tony Khan would be like, ah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, who gives a shit? Yeah. Um, well, cool, man. Um, well, today, let's get to the meat and potatoes of the episode. We're talking about our top 10 favorite ever championship title belts. I am super excited. So without further ado, let's get into it. And we are back. So here we go, man. It's the top 10 favorite championship titles of all time. Now for me, it's like, it's a mixture. I know everybody kind of is coming from a different position, but like for me, it's really a mixture of kind of, um, the era. So maybe nostalgia purposes, uh, then just like the basic design of the belt and then like what the belt actually meant to me. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's where I'm coming from it. Jesse, like where, what is your criteria before we even get in the list? I mean, that's really the biggest thing for me is uh, it's the combination of all those things, of course, but it's really, you know, a lot of it definitely revolves around what the belt means. You know, I mean, the design is one thing because anybody, let's be real, if you get like a decent amount of money and you're in a big promotion, anybody can design a badass belt for sure. But when you really get into like what the prestige of that title really goes to mean over the course of its life, to me, that's the biggest, most important thing. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt at all. Uh, Wex, where is your, is it just like, is it more design than it is feel I mean, or is it more feel than design or? It's a little combination of both, you know, like where I was at at the time watching this, like, just like you said, the era, the nostalgia, the feel, just like what the, yeah, a little bit of everything, design, feeling, where I was at the time, the era, you know, just a little combination of everything, just like you guys said. Because if you went off pure design, man, it wouldn't be as fun. I agree. I agree fully. So without further ado, let's get into number 10. Um, you know what? I'm going to say uh, let's go with the youngest guy here first. Let's go with Wex. Give me your number 10 favorite belt of all time. Okay. My number 10 making the cut at number 10 is the OG TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Okay. The one post NWA title. Okay. It's kind of got the eagle thing going on there. And it's just like it's just an iconic design from yep. the era. It. It looks fucking cool. It's way cooler than like the modern version of the TNA World Heavyweight Championship, and a lot of badass people. Samoa Joe, Kurt Angle, just that time period was just fucking sick, and it it barely made the cut over some some very prestigious belts. But that's just my all time favorite TNA belt design period, and it came in right there at number ten for me. I just I think Kurt Angle, Samoa Joe, those are like who I think of when I think about that belt. Yeah, definitely, definitely Kurt Angle specifically for me. Um, Samoa Joe too. That's a good one. Um, yeah, Jesse, where are you at? Number 10. Greatest I'm going to go for the, uh, with the exception of one year, this was their championship from 2002 to about 2010. Is that OG looking ass ring of honor world championship belt just with the red ROH plastered right in the middle. And like the uh, one Gresham has right now. Gresham has been using it again recently. Um, it's, you know, there's a simplicity to it, and with I think it's a perfect – I mean, obviously, you know, it's a pretty understated belt, but it's a pretty perfect look for what Ring of Honor was throughout that semblance of its career and even kind of what it is now. It's very straightforward, and 
it's understated in a way. It's just simple, and it's not like a lot of pomp and circumstance. It's pretty much just something to say, like, this is the fucking guy. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the guys that I align with that belt, guys like Joe, guys like Punk, guys like Nigel McGinnis, guys like, you know, Brian Danielson, obviously, um, you know, there's well, just a ton of history to it. So, yeah, that's my numero, my numero, what? Ten. ten. My numero ten. My numero ten. Uh, OK, so my number ten is um, a little bit more basic than that. It was a sh- kind of a shorter lived belt. We've all talked about it, though. Uh, I do. I, it, a lot of it has to do with the people that carried it. But it, it did have a short time span. It's number 10. Uh, you know, it's not I mean, it's it's at the bottom of the barrel, but I do like the design a lot. So maybe this is more design than like actual legacy. But it's the undisputed title. I think that to Ooh. me is the number 10 uh, best belt of all time, in my opinion. And again, like I know it was kind of short lived. But when they had like, I mean, the Eddie specifically sticks out to me. Uh, Eddie, obviously Brock, Brock, Triple H, dude. yeah, The Rock. Um, you know, I mean, th- those are those, that's 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 all good company Hulk to Hogan? have. Yeah, yeah, Hulk Hogan, uh, Undertaker. Um, you know, th- it's all it's all star, and it is it's a great it's a great it's a cool thing that you know, arguably the the most important WWF champion from the WrestleMania early WrestleMania days is Hulk Hogan, right? And it's it's kind of kind of like bittersweet, kind of poetic that he was the last ever WWF world champion before they changed their name to WWE. So um, that's why it's like, to me, it's like, okay, that was the belt when they switched from WWF to WWE that give it a little bit more gravity. So yeah, number 10 for me is the undisputed title. Uh, Number nine, Wex, where are you at? Okay, number nine, kind of barely making the cut too, and it's a pretty brand new championship. And this really is basically on design because it's so fucking new. And I went with the AEW All-Atlantic Championship. I got that at number eight for me, but yeah, yeah, I like oh, that a lot. I like the. It is just a, a beautiful belt, and the fact that Pac was the first person to win, and he's yeah. already defended it a couple times in different places over the world, like all over the world. I think it's going to be a very good belt. If the design has anything to do with the prestige that it just already seems that it has, and that it has, fuck, I sound fucking stupid, but yeah, <laughs> I really like. I just really like the design of that belt, and Pac already. Uh, He's already uh, building up a nice prestige for that belt, and they always say the belt doesn't make the man; the man makes the belt. And I think Pac is the perfect person to kind of lead that off. I totally agree, and I will. Uh, I have again, I have that on my list, so I will reserve my feelings for it um, later. But uh, yeah, Jesse, uh, what you, where's your number nine? Number nine is straight up design, and if, if there is meaning to it, it's really just what it meant for the initial character. This belt means nothing. But I fucking love it every time it's on screen, and that is the Million Dollar Championship. Okay. It's cool. the weirdest looking fucking thing ever, but something about that thing being carried just made Ted DiBiase's character. Uh, it was never really used to the same amount of fruition after that. Ted DiBiase Jr. That sh- didn't matter. The thing with Cameron Grimes was kind of fun, but who really cares at the end of the day? But like, don't that forget post- the Ringmaster Jesse. Oh, I know. Right. But if anything, that hurt him. But yeah. it was, you know. Still just one of those weird things, but that OG run with Ted DiBiase, that belt, just the sheen, and especially back in the days when the lighting sucked and it was like yeah. fucking flashbulbs going off everywhere next yeah. to the ring and they're just glistening off all that shit. I don't know. There's something about it. way more like talking. lens flares because of like the glamour lighting of the cameras of the 80s, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But yep, that's it. Million dollar and I love how everybody behind the scenes says like the actual belt was like falling apart at all times. Like it was just oh, yeah. poorly constructed, but it looks so cool. Yeah. My uh, okay, cool. My number nine is the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship, and honestly, it's because it's because like 
I think that that title has a lot of prestige, so that's why I made the list. But honestly, I think it's the, one of the ugliest titles I've ever seen in my life. So, like, it literally is a license plate with a globe in the middle of it. Like, that's what it is. Um, but, I mean, the prestige is un- inarguable. You know what I mean? Like, you can't you can't negate uh, the history and the moments that that belt had. Um, so it's got to be on the list. I mean, even though, like, that's prob- this is the crappiest design belt that's on my list by far. Like this is the worst design, um, the worst designed one. And I actually, since I already mentioned it, I'm just going to go ahead and give you guys my number eight. It was the AEW all Atlantic championship. And I do believe that like this one is like kind of the opposite of my NWA one where it's like mostly designed. Cause obviously there's not really any prestige yet. Uh, but I do think that just, just with the belt design and also the quality of matches that have been happening, um, I think it's already a little more prestigious than the TNT title is. Um, even though in those early days of the TNT title, the matches were just phenomenally good. Um, yeah. so I'm not, I'm not negating the, the prestige there, but it's a hideous belt. I mean, it's a hideous belt. Whereas the all Atlantic championship looks beautiful. It's a very, very awesome title. And I feel like pack holding it makes sense. Uh, I really like that. It's not an American guy that's holding that title. I think that makes sense to me. Um, it's very cool. And yeah, that's my number eight. So Wex, what's your number eight? Coming in at number eight for me is yeah one of the sickest belts I think ever. And design-wise, a lot of people don't like it, but I think it's really sick. And it's the old-school original NXT championship. Oh, okay, with the big which X. has been held by so many sick wrestlers. And I really go back to Finn Balor and his run. Finn Balor yeah. versus Samoa Joe and like that kind of air right there. And that point in wrestling really – like that's when I really got back into it. And I was – yeah, fully hooked sense. in hook line sinker 100 percent. And that belt was just like it's sick. I love the fat strap like you don't really see many belts with a fat ass strap like that. And there's been a lot of very sick champions. Seth Rollins, Pack, uh, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, uh, fucking Bo Dallas. Uh, yeah, I mean, the replica, the replica of the original NXT title is is technically our kayfabe title. Yeah, I, mean, it's it still, is. I still have it right here. But uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree. I like that belt a lot. Um, yeah. So Jesse, yeah. What's your number, number eight? eight? This is probably going to cause some controversy within the uh, triad here, but just because it's so low on the list. But uh, the AEW World Title, I think it's a very beautiful belt, just in the way that it looks. I think that so far, for the most part, they've done a really good job programming it. Um, hated to see what Page run Page's run turned into. It was a little too soon and not, you know, the way that they built it just didn't come in strong enough for him to really carry it the way that he should have. But they have all been long-term carriers and the people that have had it for the most part have been folks that have made their way through in the, in the industry through their careers, like unequivocally. So it's a great belt with meaning, with prestige, and it looks fucking beautiful. So that's Pretty platinum. Right. Pretty platinum. So that brings us to lucky number seven, right? Lucky number seven. Lucky number seven here. Okay. So for me, um, this is like, uh, it might be kind of like a technicality, but I went with the big Eagle because, um, it's the, the blue, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course. Yeah. The actual stone cold title. I mean, the rock triple H, um, I mean, there, there, there was, I mean, there's, there's a lot there. There's a lot of meat on the bone there. Um, and it's a good title. Uh, it's not as good as the original design. Um, but it's a it just looked like it literally looked like a bigger 
it's almost like they were like, well, WCW is, you know, really popular and they had their big gold belt and we had our winged eagle, which is a little bit smaller. Let's just try to combine them and make the winged eagle bigger. And that's kind of what the big eagle is. Um, and just kind of keeping their original design and, you know, it's that, that one again is more for prestige, but I do think it's more, it's significantly better looking than like the NWA world's title or whatever. So, I mean, it's definitely on there. Big Eagle for me is at number seven, lucky number seven for Wex. What is it? Lucky number seven for me coming in is the, whichever variation of it is, but the white, the white strap IC title, the one that Cody brought back that people had previously before the oval IC title. And whether it's white strap, black strap, whatever strap, that IC title design is fucking just so iconic. Like, yeah. when you think of the IC title, that's what you think of. You don't think of any – like, the new version fucking sucks. The oval version was better than the new version. Uh, I like the new design. I mean, it's I just not being it. used well. But, yeah, I, I, I like the design. It looks really and, new Japan to me. Like, I don't know. Yeah. There's it's, I don't know. I, I don't, and I maybe don't. the fact that that title hasn't had prestige in fucking so long that maybe that's why I think it's whack. But that that reminds me of when it had prestige is that design. And when yeah. Cody Rhodes brought it back back in the day, like, that was one of the coolest things because – I was Miz, just oh, like, run with that's it, when but... you had the spinner bell and like that whole era. And I was just like, this is bring this is bringing it back. It was nice. And that just belt holds a special place in my heart. It's just a night. It just makes me, that's the, one of those belts. When I see it, it makes me feel good. That's fair. It's uh, I'll, I'll talk about my feelings about it. Cause it's obviously a little bit deeper on my list. I'm a little bit older. So uh, yeah, Jesse, you're lucky number seven. Where are we at? Oh, number seven is going to be the very first. And I hate the design. Start with that, but the very first NWA TNA X Division title. Okay, hey, I like that one. Uh, a lot of it has to do with just what their X Division meant to the development of that company. Absolutely. And, like, completely and totally set them apart from what else was going on without having to make the weight limit thing happen. And a lot of people critique it, especially old school guys that are just like, what's the difference in the X Division versus anything else and so on and so forth? I mean, what's the difference in the people running for Intercontinental versus Heavyweight? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. to me, it's the same difference. It's just the secondary title. However, the matches, especially in the forefront, like in the beginning, were much more hard-hitting, much more athletically oriented. The match concepts were out there. I mean, the Ultimate X matches alone, especially for those first two, three years, were a thing of beauty. So that's my number seven. That makes sense. I don't hate that. I don't hate that. Um, I, 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 honestly, guys, I got to say – our list is significantly more diverse than I thought it was going to be. So I'm sure once we get to the closer to the top, it might be a little bit more similar. Uh, but let's keep it rolling here. My number six um, is one that has been mentioned already. My number six belt is the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Um, I feel like uh, for the same reasons, I feel like it deserved to just be a little bit higher just because, I mean, honestly, the only champion that I would argue didn't have the best run would be page. And I, I just think it was just, it was too late. Like, I, like, I mean, I know I'm, I'm glad that, you know, wrestling has changed and, and the schedule is, you know, families are more important these days. And the fact that he took all that time off to be essentially paternity leave, you know, having a new, a new child, but like, I definitely hurt him. It definitely hurt his momentum. And when he won the title, people were excited about it. Uh, when he, when he won, like the moment he won, but by the time we were into week two or three, people were like, nah, you've been gone long enough that we've got other favorites now. You know what I mean? Then it was like, uh, it just, he, he never felt, it, it's like he was, I felt like the title was making more of him than he was making of the title. Um, but I mean, to me, 
And and people can argue that I mean, you know, you can say CM Punk, you can say whatever, but to me it's Chris Jericho. I mean, he what he did for that title, I mean, Le Champion, a little bit of the bubbly, like people I mean, he's re- reinvented himself so many times just since he's been in AEW that it's crazy. Uh yeah. but I mean that first run with the AEW title, I mean, that was just really, really well done. The inner circle, all of it worked really well for what he was trying to do. Um, and I, it's just, it, it just, it's a testament. The AEW title, the reason why it has prestige now to me is because of Chris Jericho. And it's a testament to his creativity and the fact that he elevated that championship and that company so quickly. Um, so yeah, AEW is my number six. Um, Wex, where are you at for number six? Man, y'all are going to be really surprised with my list, but coming in at number six, is the Lucha Underground Gift of the Gods Championship. Wow. Didn't see that coming at all. Yeah. Didn't see that coming at all. And I don't even know what that title looks like, to be honest with you. Either. Well, so the thing, the Gift of the Gods Championship was really fucking unique and cool. Basically, they would have these up. matches, right, for these uh, medallions, basically. And then after all these medallions were collected, then you kind of put them into the belt and then if you got all the medallions, then you. Got oh wow! The no, that's cool. That does look. Cool. And then, but it looked really cool. It kind of looked almost like that, uh, kind of like the all all Atlantic Championship kind of. Yeah. And then when you collected all the medallions, then you could either just be the championship or cash it in for a world title. It looks title. like there's more. It just looks like there's more side plates, and it's a skinnier AEW world title. Honestly. Yeah, it's. I fucking love this championship. It looks cool. Like, the look of it and the concept of it and the whole fact Lucha Underground at this time. I don't know if you guys watch Lucha Underground like in, like when it was happening. Dude. I watched season one religiously and was super into it. And I watched a little bit of season two, but they never had this title. I think until like maybe end of season two, but I, I only got into like mid, middle of season two before I was out. Lucha Underground was in the same like the same era of like that prime NXT and Lucha Underground. Literally, it was one of those things that like really made my love for wrestling even stronger. Like it was so different, so unique. They, it was like a fucking movie. Like the backstage segments were literally like a movie, but it was Robert Rodriguez promotion essentially. And so many stars that are now big today, all fucking cut their teeth in Lucha underground. And that title just has so much nostalgia, just love for wrestling for me. Cause I religiously tuned into that shit on L Ray network every single week, all the way up until like the fucking rabbit tribe with Paul London and killer cross. Like it fucking Jake strong. Yeah, I, Jake I, I, I was, was, I was way out by that time. Like, I mean, I, that I, shit I got I, crazy. Yeah. But yeah, that, yeah, that's where I'm going for number six, the fucking gift of the gods championship and shout out to Dario Cueto still on MLW with, uh, what's his name? God damn it. Bill Muertes. Bill Muertes. God damn Montanza Cueto is Jeff Cobb. I mean, shit's wild. It's wild. It is wild. Uh, number six, Jesse Baker. My number six is going to have to be the IWGP US Championship. Ooh, Ooh. good call. Okay, I like it. I on my say, list, but I didn't even think about it, so good call. Good call. I got to say it's mostly just because I think it's pretty. It's a very uh, beautiful belt. It really is. I don't love a lot of their titles. A lot of their titles are a little too busy and spiky for me. Like, I don't know what it is about it, but this is definitely a much more, I guess, traditional looking title belt. But it's got a lot of, you know, ornateness to it. The plate's nice and large. It looks good on pretty much anybody that wears it, small guy, big guy, whatever. Uh, and I just think that it's a really good belt. It's also, they've used it really well as a stepping stone and a plate for a lot of people within New Japan and in other federations. So. That's my number six. Ooh, 
I like it. I like it. All right. So guys, here we go. We're getting into our top five. We're getting into the nitty gritty here. I think I'm going to have a big surprise here with my number five. I think I am. Um, maybe not. Okay. I love the design. I love the design. The design is the number one thing. To be totally honest, this one is a little bit more personal to me. Um, when I was wrestling way, way back in the day uh, for NWA main event, which was uh, their NWA Mid-America was like the Mid-American Championship, Mid-American Tag Team Championship, Mid-American X Division Championship. They had uh, their NWA Mid-American Championship was essentially a replica of this belt, and it was the WCW World Tag Team titles. Those title belts specifically, the ones that like Harlem Heat wore, um, the Outsiders wore, those belts I, were beautiful. And then like the design to me was like, I don't know, you know, like we're all kids. It's, like we're one step above backyard wrestling. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not – I mean in these – I mean I'm talking like this – the years were like 2001 to 2003. Like the, probably the worst time ever in independent wrestling like – I mean, they let me wrestle, so that just tells you how good independent wrestling was at the time. You know what I mean? Like, and I was terrible. I mean, I'll be up right up front with you guys. I was terrible. I did it for years too, and I was always awful. Um, but yeah, I mean, that title to me, and, and just the way they looked. I mean, I, the WCW tag team titles were pretty awesome. I mean, I, they, I always felt like it looked like a really cool singles world title. Like the Razor Ramon, yeah, I mean, or the Scott Hall, Kevin Nash belt. Yeah, yeah, the, that that that, that title, the title that, that the Outsiders wore. Most of the time, but you know, the Steiners held it as well. Harlem Pete specifically is what stands out to me as, as far as like who held them as tag belts, but the design specifically, and it was the it design was, before the one that had like the globe on it, right? That they had in WWF that the Hardys had. No, was no, no. I'm talking design? about the WCW. It's the one with the globe on it. Oh, yeah. so that is the design. Okay. Yeah, that, that is the design. That's I'm a sick talking. one. That's and a again, like sick for, one. to me that it's, it's mostly because of that time in my life. And like, that was like a goal type thing. Even Kane and Undertaker 17, held 18, those 19 year old me. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. They did actually. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good. But those, I mean, they're good titles. They're good titles. And that specific design I liked a lot. meant something personal to me. So number five, Wex, where are you at on it? Coming in at number five for your boy. Wex is, uh, any surprise it's this low, but it, as you can see right behind me, Stone Cold, it is the Smoke and Skull Championship, which was his official custom WWF world title. And it's just – it has so much fucking nostalgia. I have yeah. the Stone Cold VHS Hell Yeah, and yeah. he starts talking about it, and he's like, this is basically a way to say fuck you to Vince McMahon and the WWF. And this <laughs> is a TV-14 VHS, and he says fuck you. It's It's great. It's good shit. And it's just I such mean, a sick you, belt you with a fucking smoking skull on a goddamn championship, and it has think, snake skin on the inside. Like, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what the uh, what the t like the TV if the TV ratings are similar to like movie ratings, but I know in a PG thirteen movie you can have one f bomb, you can have one. So if it, if they just have that one on the whole VHS, then that makes sense. He said a fuck you to Vince McMahon and the WWF, <laughs> and he also is uh filmed driving shirtless drinking a beer with no seatbelt on going like 80 down the highway saying slow drivers stay in the damn left lane fast drivers in the right lane simple concept to understand am i right <laughs> fuck yes stone cold i'm gonna drive drunk with no shirt on when i get older <laughs> oh my god that makes like, so I love much sense why that's number five that's on your I, list i made my theme song i was like hey jim johnson we're gonna do something like rage against the machine and i was like what the fuck i did not expect that from stone cold but uh fuck yeah buddy even though his theme song sounds nothing like rage against the machine nah, but, but like not even remotely close to like rage against the machine that's what he said though go watch it hell yeah <laughs> oh, that's crazy that's crazy 
Jesse, number five. Give us a give us a crack into your top five, bud. Y'all probably gonna hate me for this one. I always love this belt, and I think it gave shine to a lot of the WWF mid card throughout the decade or so, uh, decade plus, in fact, that it was used. But it is the Oval Intercontinental Championship, which was Ooh. the WWF Intercontinental Championship from '98 until '02 when they took the F out and it slightly changed design, and it was used until 2010. So, Benjamin, the Rock. There are definitely some lull years. Don't get me wrong. But especially when you're talking about like 2000, 2001, 2002, that era where you're look like the IC scope is like Jericho, Benoit, Guerrero, Angle, Hardy, fucking Jeff Hardy, fucking yeah. Edge, RVD. Like there's this whole gamut of dudes. And yeah, they right, played right. hot potato with the motherfucker way too much. Don't get me wrong. And that's why it doesn't have the same kind of stigma as the classic IC title where you guys would, had guys with long runs that had prestige to it. But at the same time, like, I'll never forget the first time Edge wins the IC title, and you're like, they're going to make something to this dude. And it was very yeah. obvious to me at that moment. And that it, kind of the same thing kind of went for quite a lot of people that did that during that time. I mean, fucking Lance Storm held it at one point, and we saw where that went. So it wasn't everybody. But I just always really loved the look of that belt. I thought that it, it looked distinctive enough from the world championship as well that that to me was always a big thing because, like, it wasn't as ornate and it wasn't as complex. So to me, it, it was separate entirely. I don't know. Something about it I've always loved. My number five, that oval IC design. That makes sense. That makes sense. I never really got into that design for me. Uh, it wasn't for me. But since we're on the subject of intercontinental titles, I know Wex already talked about it, but I kept my mouth shut for a reason. I think, I mean. Well, number four, baby. Yeah, number four is uh, is the IC championship for me, and it's the OG one. I mean, to me, it's not even like, uh, to me, yes, it is the white design for sure, and I do think it is a beautiful belt. Um, but it's not so much the Cody Rhodes Miz version, even though I think they did great with it. And I think that it was, al- to me, it was almost like that was a respectful run uh, to give homage to that original run, because I mean, come on, dude, like the original run of that IC title. I mean, you're talking Shawn Michaels, you're talking Bret Hart, you're talking Mr. Perfect. You're talking, macho uh, I mean, man. dude, yeah. Macho man. I mean, there, there's even so, stone code, even though he broke stone his cold, neck, even the rock stone code. I mean, there, there are so many, uh, Hunter Hearst Helms. I mean, there's, there's too many, uh, even gold Hockey dust had a really man. good run with the, with the gold strap underneath that plate. I mean, there, there was, uh, Owen Hart. I mean, come on, man. Like there's, that that belt is just so iconic, man. And I would argue, you know, other than one other belt, I don't think that there's any other one that really has that kind of legacy, and at least in the WWF. Um, and I mean, it's I mean, the list goes on and on. But it's just it's the staple of my childhood to me. That will all. And as I got older, it really did become the workhorse belt. It's like, you know, when you're a kid, you watch it because you watch it because of the cartoony part, and you and you know, you're for me, it was Hulk Hogan or Macho Man or you know, ultimate warrior, whoever. And then you, you know, as you get older and you kind of figure out that it's, you know, not necessarily real, but it's really good entertainment and you enjoy it anyway. And, you know, then you wrestle with it, you know, is it real? Is it not? Maybe it's a little bit, maybe some, these guys are real and these guys aren't real or is it really real? Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, so for me like that, that entire run, I think I cared more about the IC title for the most part because in the early days of the whole Kogan area, like that title didn't really change hands very often. So the IC title was like really given to the best guy. That was the best wrestler on the card. Every couple of months it would change, but it was the person holding the belt was the best guy to be holding the belt. And it really matters. Like to me, it's honestly probably one of the most actually represented the roster and the pecking order of wrestlers at during its era. If that makes sense. Yep. 
Agreed. So, num- so yeah, I mean, number four, definitely in the in the upper echelon for me. Uh, Wex, where's your number four belt of all time? I think my number four is a little bit perfect for the number four, and that is the big gold belt. Whether Solid it's the one. WCW or whatever, whatever company it's for at the time, the big gold belt is just iconic fucking pro wrestling. Like that's when you yeah. see that belt, like, of course, Ric Flair, you're going to think Ric Flair, Sting, even Triple H, like I, I think of so many wrestlers when you think of that belt, like it's so fucking Goldberg. iconic. Uh, I mean, you hate I've to say it. That little, I've been able to the replica right here and it actually says Triple H on it, but this is the WWF version, but yeah. Whereas the NWA, WCW, WWF, it's it's a god. It's just such an iconic belt. Like, yeah. every, so many prestigious wrestlers have held it, and that's like one of my first images of like a wrestling championship as a kid. Like that yeah. belt is just so fucking iconic, so iconic yeah. that they fake bleeped it out when Ric Flair had it on TV because he didn't really have it, but that's what they were spitting. But that's a fucking prestigious belt. I really. And the only other belts that are – honestly, you guys are going to be very surprised at what I have higher on my list and some of the stuff that I omitted. But it, this yeah, could number, three. Number four, but to it, me, it, number four to me feels a little disrespectful to be honest with you. Well, <laughs> but that's just – I mean that's where I'm at with it. Obviously, I'll, talk, I'll say my piece about it later on. But Okay, okay. I'll see where you're at. But yeah, I'm going with four, the big goad. Big goad for OX. Uh, Jesse, what's your number four? Greatest yeah, belt of all time. My number four favorite was the NWA old school television title. Ooh, Ooh the red, call. the red, with the red. Yeah. 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 And, uh, it always screams double A to me, you know yes. what I mean? Like a hundred percent, but that, that title was the workhorse title for NWA and on into some of the earlier days of WCW. But like, really that was the one that every fucking week on TV, you're getting 10, 15, 20 minute matches out of the champ and somebody that's up and coming. And you got to see, the medal of a whole bunch of talent and you got to see that champion every fucking week. Yeah. And that to me has even more prestige from a workhorse standpoint and from like a wrestling fan standpoint than any of the other titles in the company. I mean, the world title, obviously traveling world champion, you don't get there unless you played the game. You're obviously the top of the heap, but that NWA TV title was the one where you're like, you know, this person can carry your television every fucking single week. And you know that they can make everybody else look like a million dollars. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that not only is the prestige a big part of it, but to be honest, I love that fucking belt design. Yeah, like the double banner beautiful. situation and the yeah. oh man, it, it was really good. It's so one that's of the my number four. Straps that like I think is a really good design. Oh yeah, I, I'm not big into colored straps, but I really do love that one. But yeah, NWA TV title number four. Man, I, we're we're about to break into the bronze here. We got the top three positions, and I got to say, boys, I am proud of us. Like we have yeah. a pretty diverse group. Like we have, this is a great list show. Like I'm really, really excited about this. Our top three, I feel like might be a little bit closer, but I'm about to drop a bomb here. Okay. And this is, this is probably dominantly designed, but also too, it's been around long enough. And if you look at the people that have actually held this title, they've all been more than deserving, um, and elevate each one elevated the title. Um, my number three greatest title of all time is the WWE UK championship. I think it's a beautiful that's belt. A, I, I, I mean, like it's like, honestly, design wise, that's my favorite belt of all time. That's my favorite belt of all time. If it were just talking about design, number one, like, I don't know why I love it so much. It's just gorgeous. And like, it feels so regal and like it feels it feels perfect for what it is. Like, I wish this had been the original European championship. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just so good looking. And like, 
and re- dude, and the runs, it, it's almost like they were, res- they've, they've managed to, to mess around and actually book this title really, really well. Cause you know, UK wrestling is, is, is very, very throwback. Like if you're, I mean, they don't, they don't move their titles around. Like, I mean, when right. you're the champion, you're the champion for years. Like that's the way it works. I mean, and when you talk about the prestige of this title, it's like, I mean, the only real champions they've had have been done Walter and Dragonoff. Tyler Bate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Bate, Tyler Bate for, for a very brief period, but like, yeah, but he's also champion now. Cause Dragonoff's out from injury. Oh, he just got the title back. Yeah. Okay. Well, either way. I mean, yeah. I mean, still with all that being said, like that, 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 that time, not one person on that list doesn't deserve to be the champion. Yep. And didn't help elevate the title. Walter specific, Walter and Dunn specifically, both of them just did so much to make that title relevant. And it was scarce when we saw it. And I feel like that added to the mystique of it almost. And it's just so pretty, man. It's just so pretty. So for me, yeah, I have no problem giving the bronze medal to the WWE current title, WWE UK uh, and that's my most current title at the highest, like that's the highest current title on my entire list. So that's how I feel about it. Wex, your bronze medal pulling in on the third. Uh, where are you at? Man. So number three, the bronze, I'm having a feeling it's probably going to be you guys number one, but I'm going with the winged Eagle at number three. And specifically, even though there's lots of great wrestlers, all the ultimate warrior variations are my favorite with the different colored straps. Even though I know you guys don't like them colored straps, I just think it's it it's fucking beautiful. It's such a good belt already, and I love the white strap, the the blue. Ooh, the blue is fucking sick. But when I think of that belt, honestly, the first person I think of is Brett the Hitman Hart. First, a hundred percent. That's who that belt represents with me. And even though when I started watching wrestling, Bret Hart was pretty much either WCW and I already got kicked in the head by uh, Goldberg at that point. But uh. I, I still – I've watched a lot of WWS over the years, and man, that winged eagle is just a goddamn beautiful belt. I know it has more meaning and more prestige for you guys, but dude, the white strap, the blue strap, it's it's, it's so pretty. Like I don't think many pretty. belts can go past the aesthetically pleasing design of that. I'm going to save everything I have to say here. So, uh, Jesse, uh, what's your number three? <laughs> Weirdly enough, number three, winged eagle, 88 to 98. Um, Boom! So it's not as crazy as I thought. It's uh, my number one is probably far different from you guys, so you know we'll save it. But the uh, Winged Eagle, you touched on a lot of it. To me, obviously, you do think of Hogan, and you do. I mean, you think of like a lot of the big classic guys and Brett and everybody. To me, the first image that pops in my head when I think of Winged Eagle is that moment when Sean wins the title. When he's on the dream and fucking clutching the deal or whatever, and you're like, that's like. For whatever reason, because that was right. I had taken a little bit of a lapse as a kid. Because we're all small. Yeah. Because we're all small. That's why. And then 96 was right about the time that I got back into it. And oddly enough, it's because I saw a VHS tape that was just like a compilation of matches. And I was bored and I rented it. And I was like, oh, so this is what's been going on. And I saw that a lot of the guys that I had seen, like Brett and Sean, had been elevated to this status – so WrestleMania 12 was the first pay-per-view I bought in years. And I like started buying the magazines and shit. And I saw the rumors about Warrior coming back and he came back on WrestleMania 12 and that fucking squash match against Hunter. And like, you know, they had that whole crazy fucking OJ Simpson thing with, you know, Roddy and fucking Goldust. And I don't know. I, at the time I was just enamored with it. And that's what got me back into wrestling after a brief lapse. So 
Winged Eagle for me, number three. Love the design. Love the prestige. Can't argue with it. That's fair. Again, I'm going to save it. Uh, let's get to uh, let's get to number two. So for me, the silver medal. Um, again, it comes back to me calling a, a little disrespectful, but I, I feel like the big gold has to be at least the silver medal here for me. Um, I think it's just kind of synonymous with with that um, that brand, and and to me, it's I mean, it's 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 a toss up. I mean, I, I would say like if you showed that belt to a, a, a re- random wrestling fan. Or, or even just a random person that knows next to nothing about wrestling, they would know that that's the that's the wrestling that's the wrestling belt, like that's the world wrestling like heavyweight championship, or whatever. I feel like there's just so much nostalgia in it. The people that that wore it, I do feel like that's one title they actually treated well too when they crossed over. You know, like when when WWE finally did buy WCW. They really did treat the big gold belt really, really well. I mean, even when they went to the Undisputed, uh, when they split brands and they brought it back, and Triple H, I mean, Triple H brought that thing back to being the belt. And I would argue that while Triple H was on top, that was the belt that represented him. It wasn't any of the other belt, the world titles that he wore. Yeah, it was on Raw. Yeah, that big gold belt was like, Triple H is like synonymous with that belt as far as the WWE version is concerned. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and there's a reason. And oh, it looks like you wrote that in there, by the way. I did. No, I did write that on there. That's why I'm showing you. I wrote Triple H with a Sharpie years ago. As well, you should. Um, As well, you should. I mean, there's just there's there's so many amazing champions that like are legendary too. um, that were, I mean, really great workers. I mean, outside of like Hogan and. And really Goldberg, like most everybody that held that title was a very competent wrestler as well as being um, a very good entertainer. I mean, even on the giant. WWE level, who was that? Giant. The giant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would argue that the giant was more athletic and, and a better wrestler yeah. as the giant than he ever was as the big show, to be honest with you. You're right. I mean, it. I, I don't have any problem with the giant being, the you know, wearing the big gold. Uh, I do have kind of an issue with the big show wearing it, but I mean, that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah. Number me to me though, silver, silver, silver medal, second place, solid, big gold to me. Um, and again, you're probably right, Wex. It's probably cause I'm an old man, but I mean, at 37 years young, the big gold belt deserves to be at least to be in the silver place. Um, Wex young man, where's your number two belt of all time? So coming in at number two of the all-time best championship belts, something that was a little bit lower on your list earlier, maybe one of your lists, I don't even know, but it's the good version of the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, the one that Kenny Omega held. Yeah, mine was U.S. Kenny Omega, Okada, Tetsuya Naito. I mean, the list goes on and on. Like, And that era right there that like Kenny Omega – what 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 you doing there? I hate that title. I just don't. I I, I fucking I just, love I it, and it's very similar title. to the AEW title. That I'll go ahead and break it. That's not even on my list. I didn't even put the AEW World Championship that's crazy on my me. list. It's crazy that's to me. Wow. And I think just the IWGP Champion World Heavyweight Championship is beautiful. Not the version that Jay White has now. That fucking no, sucks. I know which but you're talking about? The original one is just so beautiful, and just those matches, Kenny Omega and fucking Okada were so goddamn good. And even uh, oh, matches are great. Yeah, fucking. Goddamn, what's his name? The ace. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Hiroshi Tanahashi. Great. Like, dude, that that belt, like that era of the Omega Okada, the Bullet Club, that whole fucking era, just that's 
kind of like the Gifts to Gods Championship. Styles. That wrestling got me just rock hard back for wrestling again. Like I wasn't, you know, I, I was like semi for wrestling for a while, and then dude, Bullet Club, Kenny Omega, New Japan, like, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Once I was introduced, to that I was like, God damn, what have I been missing? And that, I mean, that's up there. That's just one of the best bells. Okada, goddamn Okada. Your number two. I just don't like the belt, man. Like, and that's the thing. Like, like I mean, Nakamura. I just don't like the way the belt looks. Like, I mean, that's the number one reason why it's not on my list because it does have a very, very long, like, very prestigious history. <laughs> I love just, it. I think it's one of the best looking. Ah, uh, yeah, know and I would argue one. some of the best belt, so the belt matches of all time have been for that title. I would agree with that, but I think it's a hideous belt. I think it's hideous. Like I, just think, it's ugly I think it's beautiful. I might bust. I might pull like Xavier Woods for the NXT Women's Championship on that title if you know what I'm talking about. My goodness, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> Jesse, silver medal, second place. Where are you at? Does that mean you're hanging out with Brad Maddox too? Uh, my number two <laughs> is going to be. I'm like, once again agreeing with one of the placements of yet another podcast partner. It is the WCW Big Gold and. A, what other belt in terms of a world title is that synonymous? You know, that was a great point that you brought up there, Daniel. Just it's so visually stunning and like obvious that that's what that represents. Yeah. Um, I will say also as a kid, in terms of action figures and stuff like that, that was my favorite one to have because it looked right on everybody. Yeah. And it looked right on everybody in real life as well. I thought yeah. that it was um, and it was such a plain design that, you know, Take the NWO example. That yeah. whole spray paint thing could not have worked on a more ornate, colorful belt. It wouldn't have gotten the point across. It could nope. only have ever worked on that title. And it was such and a it did. And yeah, it definitely absolutely, worked. Absolutely. Absolutely worked. And it was such a unique thing that they fucking printed versions of it with the fucking spray paint. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. But I just thought, you know, I, I definitely automatically default to the Goldbergs, the Stings of the World, obviously Hogan with the NWO version. I mean, it looked great on Nash. It looked great on everybody that wore it up until, you know, I got to say it. Old J-E-double-F wasn't a big fan of his run. But that was the point in time that WCW had already fallen way the fuck off the rails. Yeah. You're talking like Scott Steiner and shit like that. Yep. You know, just wasn't wasn't really all that all that great. But I do yep. maintain that belt has to have its place here. And it is number two with a bullet. That honestly, I'm really glad that you said that. Like there, because to me, there are certain people that held the belt that the big gold that keep it from being number one. Because I do, I I honestly believe that like even though WCW or the NWA was never the major promotion, I think that that belt in pop culture is the belt. I think that people aren't that aren't wrestling fans will remember that belt over any other wrestling title ever. Period. Out of any other WWF title, that's the one that they think of as the world wrestling belt. Like, that, yeah. you know, th th that is the one. But if we're talking about prestige as well, I think that, I mean, yes, they had some amazing champions, but they also had some shit champions that held David them. Arquette, Vince yeah, Russo. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, you can't, you can't, I mean, you can't negate that. You know, like, you, you can't just let that slide into the cracks. So Wasn't Ronnie Garvin the champion? Yeah, Very I think deeply. he may have held the globe belt. He I may have held he the license the globe, belt. though. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, I think he just held the license plate, but I mean, that's, you know, yeah, but that's just one like that, that that's different. I, I mean, if you look at the list of like people that held like the NWA world's heavyweight champion as when it was a major company, I mean, granted, like they went back to it after it became like an indie again and there was tons of just like Adam randos. Pierce. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam Pierce, Tim, fucking Tim Blue Storm, Demon you know, like like people that just you know didn't matter for a long time. Fucking like, what's his name, Rob Conway. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, were like tons, Can- there were tons. There were tons. There were tons. Candido was a champion. I love Candido, but you yeah. know, like, but come on. Right. So to me, um, and it's obvious at this point. My number one is clearly the Winged Eagle Belt. I think that the prestige of it. Um, there, there's no, there's, I mean, it's beautiful too. I mean, but, but that's just for me as a wrestling fan. And it like, to me, the first, the first person I think of is Hulk Hogan. I mean, it's definitely Hulk Hogan. Like there's no, I mean, that was the belt. And so I'm, I'm going to do this because it's a 10 year span, right? But I'm just going to, it's going to be quick, but these are the people that held the winged Eagle title. And there's only like maybe three at most that are like kind of iffy and it's Hulk Hogan, Andre, the giant. It got vacated, but it was given to Ted DiBiase, Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan again, The Ultimate Warrior, Sergeant Slaughter, Hulk Hogan again, The Undertaker, Hulk Hogan again, Ric Flair, Randy Savage, Ric Flair again, Bret Hart, Yokozuna, Hulk Hogan again, Yokozuna again, Bret Hart, Bob Backlund, Diesel, Bret Hart again, Shawn Michaels, Psycho Sid, eh? but I would argue this is the most over he was ever. ever. Oh, I, I yeah. like that was the best version of Psycho Sid. It made sense. Absolutely. Best version of him. So I let it slide. Shawn Michaels again, Bret Hart again, Psycho Sid again, kind of iffy there the second time. The Undertaker, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Kane, and then Stone Cold Steve Austin again. Like that's just. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, Kane never held the fucking winged eagle. Let's get that right. No, you no, did, did for like a day. No, 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 no. Stone Cold changed belts to the Big Eagle after he won the Winged Eagle, if you remember. No, he did. He did. But he he did. He did. But he but the title that Kane wore was the Winged Eagle. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, because it was the day after WrestleMania 14. So you're right. Kane did not Kane did not have the Winged Eagle. Exactly. All right. So even then, so even then, so Kane was my only other iffy one. So like legitimately, the only iffy one would have been Psycho Sid the second time. I do think the in the ten little... years, think about that. In ten years, every single person on that list is a bona fide first ballot. No one in, in the history of pro wrestling would argue if they should have been the champion. You cannot say that about any other title in existence today. Period. You That's can't true. say it. That's I will insane. say that the run, the run they chose at that point in time for Backland was a little maybe questionable. Yes, but he had definitely earned his stripes. He had, yeah, like, hey. yes, that that might have been iffy, but he. By the time he won it, I would agree with you. He was yeah. way past his prime. It was a weird time in the business. They Very. were getting their ass handed to them. It, it was what it, putting the belt on him was probably not the best idea. But he definitely earned. I mean, he wasn't. That's not something you're like. Okay, maybe Bob Backlund shouldn't have been champ. I mean, he'd already been champion for years before that. So it's like, I yeah. mean, it, it makes sense. So yeah, still, dude. I mean, you can't argue with the prestige of that belt. You can't argue with the lineage of it. I to this day. Please, God, Cody Rhodes, if you happen to stumble upon this this tidbit of audio, please, God, when you win the title, because we all know it's going to happen within the next two years, please, God, bring that belt back. I feel like it would only cement your legacy, too, since you brought the white IC title back once. It would be so good. It'd be great merch. They'd sell it just while you were champion. They'd get a huge pop on it. It would introduce that belt to a lot of younger fans that have never really seen it before. Please, 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 somebody bring it back. I love that belt. I will always love it forever and for always. My number one will be the winged Eagle. Wex, the best title of all time, in your opinion, where you at? I'm going to argue with you that one that's just as prestigious that had just as many goddamn hall of famers. And that is this one right here, baby, the big Eagle. I've held this replica since 1998, 
the original right there. And just like you said, after WrestleMania, Stone Cold debuted this. And the only wrestler that's kind of like iffy who's held the title is Kane. No. Who you were basically nope. trying to mention for the winged eagle. But literally, you got Stone Cold, The Rock, Triple H, The Undertaker, Kurt Angle. Who, yeah, like, but who there were some iffy decisions there, too. There was, it was more than that. Who, who who else has held that belt that's not? Vincent Kennedy McMahon. But that doesn't fucking count. That was part of the Stone the Cold storyline. And this is the guy. This is the wrestling belt. I know that y'all said the big that show. The the big gold or the winged eagle. But Stone Cold and The Rock saved it. If it weren't for this belt and Stone Cold and The Rock, the WWF could have been gone. WC. It could have been just the big the big gold forever and ever. I mean, if it wasn't for this era, if it wasn't for this belt. We might, re, pro wrestling and WWF might not even be where it is today. It I might disagree. not even survive for the Monday Night Wars if it wasn't for this bad boy right I here. Disagree. I disagree. If it wasn't for mankind getting spoiled by fucking Tony Schiavone winning it live on TV, we might not be where we are today. I'm just saying, don't hate and fade the prestige of this belt right here. People like to forget it because the Wing Eagle is Hulk Hogan. It's the Vince it run. It's cool. the Vince run. It's really it's it's the it's not just the it's the Vince run. It, that whole but like the, we, that that year that two thousand year with Big Show getting winning the title too it was really bad. That that was not it was just not a good year for the main event picture. There were some great under Stone Cold and the Rock weren't in the picture at the moment. But who cares it about all good. that? That's my Don't only argument. Dude, it's on my it's high on my list, but it's not it can't be number one. Come this on. is number one in my heart forever and ever and ever. Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock is all I'm gonna say. Stone it's Cold. The, the wish Rock. version Cold of the, the Winged Eagle. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. It's the <laughs> wish version of the Winged Eagle. Scumbag Hulk Hogan never even touched this. Never yeah, even well, touched this. Scumbag Hulk Hogan is half the reason why we're all talking about pro wrestling right now. I will say that. I'm not I don't like the dude either, but I mean you gotta give the devil his due. All I'll say is Stone Cold and The Rock were better and they always will be. Oh, for sure. No doubt. I, I would I would never argue that. But at the same time, like you can't negate someone's accomplishments just because you don't like him as a person. I've always I've always felt that way about any form of art. I didn't negate his accomplishments. I just said Stone Cold and the Rock were better and always will be. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Before we before we get to fisticuffs here, Jesse, your number one belt of all time. Where are we at? So this one definitely is much more design than prestige. I will admit that now, but I've always been fucking in love with the designers of this belt. It's my favorite one on video games to hold. It's just one of those that I think is is perfect for what it was. And that is the 1998 to 2001 version of the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. Dude, I, that barely made – that was one of my alternates, dude, the Terry Funk version. I fucking love that belt. I, there's something about – and that that particular one, like once they went into WWE, ECW or whatever, and they tried to revive it, they had like the center plate kind of skewed off. But the one from yeah. 98 to 01, the center is like medallion-esque almost, and it's nice and big. It's very diverse looking. Wasn't there's a that lot of a mock of, of the, w, the, world, uh, the, the WCW World Tag Team title? That, I mean, because because they, because their yeah, ECW close, tag titles right. were mocks of the uh, the WWF Intercontinental. I'm almost positive that the the world EC the only difference is like the barbed wire around the around the the world and ECW in the middle. Like it's the same title. Very similar. Very similar. There's You're right. Similarities there, but it, like the way that it was shaped was a big deal to me, especially that particular one. But everything about that design, I just absolutely love. I just thought that it was really, really, really well done. It suited what the brand was probably, you know, more than a lot of other titles maybe did. Uh, I'm not going to say that it was more than some of the other world championships for WWF or WWE or WCW, but for whatever reason, it's always been my favorite design. I love that fucking belt. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it really, yeah, yeah, it's a good one, but it is straight, it's almost straight up. It's almost straight up, literally just a di- like a custom version of the WCW World Tag Title, which made my, because I do love, I, you're right, I love the design. I love that design. Yeah. I mean, that, that, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It's, it's just cool. It, yeah, it's a great, it's a great. The, their television championship at the time was very similar and very cool, too, the one that RVD yep. had. Mm-hmm. That RVD had for, like, years. Yeah. Man, we could talk slow. about awesome titles forever. We really could. Um, but I think we had an awesome, diverse list. I mean, yes, of course, there were there were some overlapping. But, I mean, again, I'm pretty proud of us, guys. We we, we were all over the place here. Um, some of them were big surprises on every – I think there were surprises on everybody's list. And oh, yeah. that's that that, that that makes for a good list show. So I had a great time. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's wrap these things up here. And we are back to wrap it all up guys. Like this might be one of my favorite ever list episodes. I was super hype about this when we even came up with it. Hats off to Wex. This was his idea to do this show. Got to give the devil his due here. Um, the creative booking here was, was well done Wex. I'm the undisputed champion. Look, Hey. <laughs> I'm now Chris we're going to like on TikTok or something because no one else is going to see it. And, you know, I'm Chris Jericho at Vengeance 2001. You got to do the head back with like the, you know, the spread out like arms, you know, like they're going to fall. You're, you're all you're all of like four foot nine. So it, it should be fun. Oh, yeah, it fits. It works out. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like Chris right Jericho, off. you lost the belt. Yeah. I'm just like Chris Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> but I beat Austin and the rock in the same night. You, yeah, you certainly did. Vince I mean, McMahon and Booker T screwed Stone Cold. What? <laughs> Good stuff, man. Good stuff. This is honestly probably it's got to be it's got to be close to the top for my favorite list episodes we've done. Wex, how do you feel about the show overall? Hey, it was really fun to do. Like you said, it was my idea. So, you know, I was already gung ho, ready to get on them belts. And uh, I knew I was going to surprise you guys a bit. And just like you said, I love the diversity there. And I guess you, I guarantee you guys didn't see me not putting the AEW world title and sneaking that Lucha Underground one in there. I didn't. I thought for sure AEW's title was going to be in there for you. Um, it was in there for me. I mean, I, I love that design. I think it's a cool belt. I think it's a very it's cool belt. It's too new. It's just too new. Even though I put that other AEW title, it was just. I don't know. I it has to. I, it's got to wait a little bit for me. It'll make it one day. I don't know, man. To me, uh, Jericho alone, honestly, has made that title prestigious. But um, Jesse, how'd you feel about the show, man? How do you feel like if you're uh, since we're ranking things here out of our list episodes, where do you I think this one ranks? Uh, I'd have to say it probably is my favorite one. I mean, I loved our Mount Rushmore stuff. Don't get me wrong. I love all the list episodes we do because it's basically just us shooting the shit, which is always yeah. kind of us at our finest. But yep. I really do think that this one, you know, we got we kind of got in the weeds there. And while there were a little bit of crossovers, most of them were either far apart on a list or they were few and far between. So I thought it was fucking cool. Few and far between the far between. That sounds familiar. Uh, anyway, yeah, let's uh, let's let's wrap this thing up here. I'm going to I brought the trivia question this week. Okay. Um, so, I, OK, it's not so much a trivia question, but since we were talking about champions, and so we're talking about championship titles. I felt like this was kind of a fitting question to ask. I saw it being asked on Twitter, and there was a long, big debate about it. It kind of went viral. Um, so to you and your fandom, you know, we're talking about, you know, it's Ric Flair's last match. The other person that's won just as many titles but hasn't surpassed him yet, yet, is John Cena. Maybe he never will now that he's a big-time Hollywood actor. But my question for you guys is when did John Cena, in your opinion, become Super Cena? When was that for you? Wex. 2009. 2009. Okay. That was around the time because 
And when he kept beating Shawn Michaels and all those pay-per-views, I was just getting pissed. I was, I was, I was, I was I ready for Sean to have Johnson. one more run. I was ready for Sean to have one. And I felt, and I do. No, he needed one more now. fucking title he before he one retired. More, he one more run. It had been five. It, last, the last title he won was in 2003, maybe even 2002. I yeah, think he never, I don't think he won the title the again after, pants. after that chamber. I don't think he won yeah. the title again ever. Nope, he that. never did after that. He had yeah, so many title matches. He had eight more years and never won the title one time. That just shows you how great he is, though. That, I mean, that's just – God, that's insane that he had eight more years and never won the title again. That's crazy. Yeah, some tag team runs title like, runs, some with near Chris wins. With in 08 with like the, like, you know, the best in the world of what I do, he definitely should have won the title at least once there. Should have beat Cena once for it. I mean, come on. He could have flip-flopped it back after a pay-per-view or two, but he deserved that last run, I think. Yeah. I was heated. I would go to Hooters I like every that. pay-per-view a and be pissed off. Oh, nine's a good answer. Uh, Jesse, where are you at on it? I got to say, like, it, this may just be because it was one of my favorite programs, but this is kind of when I started to really see it come out. Um, I'm going to go as early as 06. And primarily the program with Edge. Okay. That, to me, was, like, kind of the first no more tweener, undeniably face yeah. and, and kind of like, you know, a, a lot of the finishes that they did in those matches too, were like Superman style, fucking crazy ass finishes just kind of during that era of Cena, a lot of the, like, you know, double FUs and fucking crazy shit through tables and stuff that he wasn't really doing too much of prior to that. And I thought that that kind of upped his game quite a bit and put him in that, like, Here's a top guy. The kids like him now. He's not just the rapping dude who you might or might not be supposed to like. Whatever. It was pretty clear at that point that it was like army guy. Yeah. You know? That's fair. I would I would agree that I think that 2006 and that run with Edge is what made him a main eventer um, and what made him like put him in that upper echelon. But to me, when he became super Cena, I can put my finger on one moment. Um, and it's the return in 2008 at the Royal Rumble. I think that it was because it was so – no one thought he was going to come back that quick. And because he did it like that to me was like, oh, he's Superman. And the way they put him over on, com- I mean, and ever since that 08 rumble. So it's like right in between you guys, because I think you're right. Like it took off in 09, but no, like, yeah, like he became I, I super like, Cena in 08 to me. Set him off. But 09 is where you're starting to feel it. Like, is this motherfucker ever going to lose? Yeah. It's kind of like Stone Cold becoming really Stone Cold in like 96 at King of the Ring, but really his run like was 98. like – Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. So it's like – it's the same idea. Like to me, I'm talking about like the promo version, which is like the return at, at Rumble and like in that 08. I think that that 08 to me is the – that's the one. Like that's the one. I think he was still a, a – he was already a main event guy. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying John Cena wasn't like a world title contender or he'd, he'd already been champion a couple times at that point. Yeah. But I think that like when he became – Super babyface. He's never gonna go heel again. He took that almost like modern Hulk Hogan role. Was that 08 return at the Rumble? That was that was it for me. So yeah, man. But I kind of agree with Jesse there. Like when he went from rapper to generic army guy, which didn't make sense. It was like the Marine. Well, the Marine was the end of 2005, so that makes perfect sense. Oh, the Marine. I I keep fucking forgetting about the Marine. I never forget the Marine Six with the Miz, but uh, I forgot about the original Marine. It's so I'll funny that it's so funny that it became the Miz too, because you remember how that all happened, right? Like it was gonna be Orton, and then like the actual military was like absolutely not, absolutely not, and he just like quietly bowed out because he went AWOL and like was like dishonorably discharged or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so that's why the Miz even got got the gig. But that's that's crazy, man. I mean, yo, this show has been wild. We've been all over the place. We've talked about John Cena. We've talked about uh. 
terrible WWE movies. We talked about the greatest titles of all time. We walked through the SummerSlam card coming up. Um, we walked through the new Jim Crockett promotions, hashtag like just Conrad promotions, all both JCP. But um, yeah, the only thing we haven't mentioned is Chris Benoit on this episode, and that's about it. Yeah, well, that's that's good. I'm glad you got that in there at the end, buddy. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, you can always find the show at kfabe.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram. You can find the show at kfabe.com pod on TikTok. That's where we're the most active. Please, please give us a follow on TikTok. Now you can repost our stuff too. So if you like it and uh, you want your friends to kind of debate the stuff that we debate on here, be sure to repost our stuff on TikTok. That helps out so, so much. Um, also, you can find us at Facebook just with a like at just regular kayfabe comparisons. Same way on YouTube, just kayfabe comparisons. Uh, be sure to hit us uh, with the subscribe there and a like. The likes on the videos go so, so far to put us on like the homepage for uh, people that like pro wrestling content. So it takes like two seconds. Just hit the thumbs up button. We really do appreciate it, especially if you're already subscribed to the channel. Um, yeah, you can always find me at Daniel Daybreak. You can always find my brand new band at the Far Between Band. Um, and if you do, I know I mentioned a, a demo that we dropped, um, uh, recently, we just went into the studio to record our debut EP with, um, uh, a variety of different producers. Actually, we did the drums at, uh, Colin Britton's, um, studio, great friend of mine. Um, and he's got an awesome studio. So happy to do our drums there. We're about to go do guitars with a yet to be named producer. We've got a couple options just weighing our, uh, situation there. I'm not going to spend any more time talking about my music because this is a wrestling show. Um, but yeah, go check out far between. Um, we have a re- pretty, pretty unique name, so you can pretty much just Google it and find us. So yeah, Wex, give them a script, baby. Where can they find you? You can always find your boy Wex at Wex breaking the loss on all of your social media platforms. And like he said, Get on that TikTok, check us out. You can also check me out on TikTok if you want to see some little skateboarding videos. But if you want to see just wrestling, then stay on the Kayfabe Com pod. And yeah, just uh, I love the engagement. Shout out to our boy uh, David Time on Twitter reposting the TikTok and retweeting yeah. our shit. We like, we love that. So, uh, you know, you, if you bro. retweet appreciate our shit, you. might shout out you some more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Really do appreciate that. Let's get those, uh, let's get those interactions up, man. Hit that like button. Leave us a comment, man. Even if it's just. Just yeah or no or you guys are stupid or this sucks. I mean any any kind of interaction is good interaction at this tell point. Tell me I'm ugly. Tell me I'm ugly. Tell me uh tell me how how beautiful Jesse's beard looks right now. Jesse, where can people find you? Uh, Jesse Baker on Facebook. Jesse Baker Nash on Twitter and Instagram. Usually on Elliston Place somewhere between Hurry Back Exit Inn and soon to be the Corner Bar. And then Ooh. on. August 19th, you can find me and Daniel's brand new band and four other super badass bands at the legendary music forum Exit Inn 2208 Elliston Place. It is a 7 p.m. door, cheap cover, five great bands. It's going to be awesome. My birthday weekend, DJ Kidsmeal's birthday weekend is being celebrated directly across the street at the end. That is also a cheap cover. There's going to be live graffiti and DJs all night long into the late night. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. You might find me on the streets uh, drunk in that area that night. Hey. Hell yeah, it's going to be a good time. Hey, dude, bring a 20 spot. You'll get into the show and get a pretty solid drink. All for just a 20 spot. It's going to be a Shout good out time. to DJ Kids Mill. I've been seeing that dude for fucking years, and I'm sure dude, I don't have years. to be I'm about that. going to be there, too. So. To be Hell totally yeah. honest, uh, the far between, as far as I'm aware, and as I really hope this is the case, is we're kicking off that show. So okay. after, we do, after we're done playing, we're just going to hang out, man. I'm excited. I'm going to catch a little bit. I'm going to be hopping back and forth, hanging out with Jesse, maybe taking some shots here and there, having a good time. Find one, drink one with your boys if y'all are out there. Come Absolutely. Holler. The k crew will be down there in full force. Uh, we're going to be having a good time. I am super excited about it. 
That is going to do it for us this week. We will see you guys next week with Death Before Dishonor. And, of course, the news, the tea, uh, and, you know, just maybe some trivia. Maybe uh, maybe just a, t- uh, maybe a short list. Maybe a top three. Maybe we'll do uh, silver to gold of something else. Uh, just run, run through. MySpace top eight. Yeah, yeah. MySpace <laughs> top eight. Yeah. We're going to have a good time with it. Uh, that's going to do it for us this week, though. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. <laughs>